0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Vet Tech Tap Room. This is our spin-off series from the Vet Tech Cafe. These episodes are live and uncut, discussing hot topics in our field, or talking about previous episodes amongst ourselves, and always highlight something positive happening in our profession. These episodes will be published as regular podcast episodes and will also be available on our YouTube channel as well. So get yourself a beer or a potato water and find us live on Instagram and join the discussion. Now if you'll excuse us, those are our beers the bartender is pouring. Hello, caffeinators! <laughs> Welcome to a uh, another episode of the Vet Tech Tap Room. Uh, coming we're to you on dogs in uh, now. Uh, yes, yes. We <laughs> hey hey we we do allow dogs in the in the tap room too. So. Um, <laughs> We're actually coming to you um, for a special Christmas episode, um, as this will be uploaded on Christmas Day, um, and we have two amazing guests in the tap room with us tonight. Um, this is our we first have...
1: ever having guests. Yeah, in the tap I know room, it's right?
0: it's pretty awesome. I, I hope they enjoy it in here. It's it's nice and cozy on this. Well, it's warm here in <laughs> Southern a California. Fire <laughs> um but uh, we're just going to have some some cool organic conversation about a couple things that are going on um in our profession right now and who better to talk to than Liz Houston and Stephen Sattal. so um we hope you enjoy this episode merry christmas um and i just want to say i know for me uh christmas is always the most wonderful time of the year but i know for a lot of you it's not um it can be a really hard time so just want to say, see you, and I hear you as well, um, and I, I hope you get through the holiday season and come out the other side when the days start getting a little bit longer and a little bit brighter and a little bit warmer and um, and are on, our, on a on a better path kind of coming out of it as we get into the new year, which is probably my second favorite holiday is New Year's. Um, always really cool to, to kind of get a fresh start. So,
1: um, Dave, why don't we go ahead and just, just jump right in and get started, Yeah, right? let's get right into it because, you know, this is the... A tap room that it's usually just you and I, and and yeah, we thought this was important to have these two people on yeah. because you know it. Usually the tap rooms are just you and I, discussing hot hot button topics and that nobody wants to listen to. That nobody wants to listen to. Yeah. Um, but yeah. now we're gonna just open the open the doors and let yeah. Stephen tell us what's yeah. going on because yeah, they seem to have the 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 their fingers on the pulse of what's going on.
0: On so much. So um, we're going to start off, Stephen. I wanted to ask you because you had sent this to me. I, I i'm not a i'm not on TikTok, um, and it was completely un um, unfamiliar to me. But as I understand it, if I recall correctly, a, a veterinarian in Texas who I believe works for Veg, and, and please correct me if anywhere I'm wrong, was either referring to or, or calling, and I think that's actually a Veg wide thing to the the veterinary technicians and veterinary assistants as nurses or veterinary nurses, and is is in a little bit of hot water uh, with the Texas Veterinary Medical Board and posted something on TikTok about it. So if you could maybe give us a little bit of background on that, and and uh, we'll have some some chat about that.
2: Sure. Uh, so there was a, a veterinarian, uh, multiple veterinarians actually, in the state of Texas that were reported for using uh, the title nurse when referring to their veterinary staff. Um, I am not sure if they were calling a credentialed veterinary technician or a veterinary assistant uh, a nurse. But regardless, um, the the, the term nurse was being used. And I think you definitely hit the nail on the head as far as kind of the cultural uh, appropriation of that title within that particular company, um, as well as other companies. Um, What I found... Disturbing about the particular uh, TikTok, and then like the subsequent six or seven after that, um, <laughs> were not necessarily the fact that this person um, feels sad that someone turned them in, uh, that they were angry that someone turns them that turned them in. I, I think that's very fair. It's a very fair way to feel. Uh, I would feel betrayed also. But what really got me is when trying to educate this person, whether it was myself or the other people that were chiming in on the TikTok about the terminology within the nation right now, and in particular, Texas, they weren't having it. Uh, they were not having it. And it just fell back into this victimization. How could we do this to each other? Leaning into these tears. These That felt weaponized against people that are actually trying to advocate to follow the law within the country. And it just kind of snowballed into this he said, she said, uh, let's look for the person that turned in me because we should name and shame, is what one of the comments said, which the creator did like. which just turned into the same amount of toxicity that they were complaining about, which was really (laughs) interesting (laughs) to me. (laughs) Uh, And and subsequently, you know, this this same creator also created a a video recently um, with two veterinary technicians or assistants, I'm not really sure, holding a cat without radiology gloves on and oh, people oh, are this like, this was hey, the same see, oh, oh. Also,
3: by the way, not only no gloves, no eye protection, yeah,
0: yeah. no
2: thyroid shield. Aye, no. Aye, aye. And then again, playing victim or, or the comment that was getting me is judgmental much, you know, like I, I, I don't, if you're going to have a social media platform, you need to be prepared to take some criticism, whether you are just going to ignore it whether you are going to clap back, which is like something that I am familiar doing. But when you have this persona <laughs> of come with kindness, you know, this toxic positivity all around you, which is something I'm not known for, thankfully. Um, when you get called out for that, you it's, uh, God, I don't even know what to say, you need to be prepared to handle yourself mm. appropriately. Yeah. And again, listen and... And, right. and to not
3: I, immediately get defensive, I yeah, think, is Yeah, be accountable,
2: the thing. yeah. And anyway, this creator on both of those occasions uh, have been educated, but I'm, I'm not really sure how interested in... Um, or, or what the comprehension was like. Um, I guess to put it <laughs> nicely.
3: And I think it's... I mean, I think it's telling when, especially on... I mean the the nurse thing was one thing the 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 attempted doxing was very concerning it felt uh it felt very bullying and also i mean she was trying to make it seem like the people who are opposed to the VNI were the ones who were behind the reporting which is you and i I mean <laughs> right i mean and it's just completely unfounded there was no proof the the process is entirely anonymous anyway um and so and the uh, and looking at the comments like you can really understand why the process needs to be Mm -hmm. anonymous it was it was frightening to me Mm -hmm. um and i and i didn't like the tenor or the tone of it and then even worse when i talked to her and i said i don't I don't really like the tone of this, and I'm and I I don't feel like I hope that's not your intention. But I didn't really get any feeling that it wasn't her intention. I think she really wanted the to name and shame someone, and I thought that was very um, that was disappointing because I like like Stephen said, you're perfectly. I would be surprised if someone wasn't upset about being called being getting a board complaint. It's not I can't be fun. It can't feel good. I get it. But you can't I mean, I I don't know what she was trying to achieve. It was it was quite um frustrating. And then to pile on to that, like right on the heels of that to pile on with the with the radiology stuff. It just I mean what it said to me more than anything is I don't care about the people who work for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care about their safety. I don't care. We've always done it this way. Oh, you know, come talk to me when you get cancer in your hands, ha ha ha. Like that's not funny. People have yeah. actually yeah. Yeah. Gotten, gotten
1: cancer, yeah.
3: Have diseases related yeah. to their work in veterinary medicine. And and I don't know if this is the case, but what it feels like to me is taking advantage of people who don't know any better. Right. People who yeah. love veterinary medicine, love animals, they come to work, they haven't gone to tech school, they don't know what is right or wrong what is legal or illegal and then everyone is doing it one way so they're like oh, okay I'll just yeah. do it that way and then these things can have long term health consequences and they don't even realize it um, when they're doing it because they they just don't know
0: yeah yeah and they're not and 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 we know data shows statistics show they're not going to be here for very long
3: That's right so right. why
0: right. are we going to invest in changing how we do it or making it better right. or And the
3: thing about the hands-free radiology, which is I mean this is a different topic, right? But but I mean, now that we're now that we've broached it, <laughs> uh, in fact, I mean, I don't have a lot of positive things to say about VCA. No one will accuse me of being a fan of VCA. But they have instituted a policy they're working on getting it out to every hospital that no one is in the radiation room when when x-rays are being exposed. No yeah. one
1: yeah. I and was in a VCA have... hospital today and and they have a sign up that says I forget what it was 10 days since we've had to go into to radiology. So that they, I mean they are And that
3: know. is 100% how yes. it should be and I will give them all the deserved kudos for that because yeah. that is amazing and that yeah. is something that they are it seems like they are truly pushing out to their people trying to make sure that that is happening and more, you know, more power to yeah. them, and thank them for doing that because yeah. I think that that is the future. I think it has to be the future. And hey, I mean, I'll give you a little segue here because if we're going to talk about nurse, um, in England they all do hands-free radiology. No yeah. RVN is in a radiation room right. while right. X-rays are being exposed. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the hospital, <laughs> my wife is a veterinarian at, um, it's a hospital that I worked at for 12 years when I got my VTS. Um, it's where actually we met. Um, she was saying a couple of weekends ago, uh, they were of course short staffed like everybody else and they're corporate. Now I won't name which one, but it's a very different vibe from when I was there. And she said, one girl must've taken 30 x-rays that day. And, but there, but the, but on the flip side, she's you know only been out of school three or four years now, um, she is advocating for like hands-free radiology, get out of the room Mm -hmm. and she's getting pushed back from the staff. They don't want to do it that way. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's a, it, it, it's actually, you know, there are both sides to that. Like some of us that have been doing it this way for so long or, you know, like, Hey, we, we, we don't have the time. We, we, this, we, that we, you know, like at some point you just got to do it.
2: It's it's interesting when we instituted this in the last hospital where I was a manager of people and in my service for surgery and neurology, um, you would get written up if you were found in the x-ray room taking x-rays. And uh, there was definitely pushback like, oh, it's so much quicker if we don't do sedation or I don't know how to use these bean bags or tape. But once they got used to it, they loved it and yeah. they didn't mm-hmm. want to go back to being in the room. It was right. it was right. impressive. And the emergency service at the time uh, and all the other services at the time did not have that same requirement. Um, And I started pushing that. And I I used to tell the doctors, if you're going to force these people to go to, if you want an x-ray without sedation, you need to go take the x-ray or you need to be one of the people holding it. It is not fair to continuously expose the same people to unnecessary radiation when we have other methods and eventually it did catch on.
3: That's right. But I, I, yeah.
2: I did want to go back to kind of the beginning of this conversation and, and just put a, a, a um, uh, I don't know, a proclamation, a statement, something out there. I can't use my words today <laughs> <laughs> that, um, you know, with the particular TikTok creator that we were talking about, you know, there's this this sense and these conversations that are happening within my social circles, and they've reached out to my personal friends, you know, asking why I have a vendetta against them. And I just want to make it clear <laughs> for the record that I don't have a vendetta against no, these people. No, not and when at I all. when mm-hmm. I call people out on things, which are usually veterinarians or people that technicians or veterinary uh, um, assistants in particular don't feel comfortable calling out it's because I have the luxury of not feeling like I'm going to have my career stripped away from me so I am very aware of what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and as our friend Amy Newfield said in her fantastic podcast today, we all do things in a different way you know some people come a lot more gently, uh, compared to maybe I do. Um, but I, I just want to throw it out there. I'm not trying to be a mean guy or a bully or whatever. I just have the luxury of not needing to use all this fodder in an effort to protect my profession or, or my career or my reputation. So I, I just, I want to lay that out there. I don't have yeah. anything against this TikTok Person no. now, well, I mean, she's a little bit annoying now because she's reaching out to my friends and stuff. But prior to that, uh, there was there was no issue.
3: No, and and I think you know it's um, Stephen and I have suffered the professional consequences that we are going to suffer, and it, I mean they they've already happened. I'm not sure what I mean. I I don't know. I suppose that's probably a bold statement to make. I'm sure there are always more repercussions <laughs> that could come along. Um, but you know, I mean, I think this also leads into the next. The next topic. Right. Which is this is, I think, part of the reason that Stephen and I were both excluded from uh, being able to appear on the NAVTA ballot is because we have because we use our voices in a way that um, people don't like. Right. And um, I mean, some I say people some people. And, you know, in the, in the meantime, in private, I get messages, I get emails. Mm -hmm. I know Steven does too. Mm -hmm. that say, thank you so much for speaking out. Thank you for talking about this. Thank you for taking Mm -hmm. a stand. Um, You know, I can't, I don't feel comfortable. I really need my job, whatever it might be. But Steven and I are, are to a degree we're insulated or just, we're just at a point where it's, it's more, um, we are able to, to do that. And then by doing that, if we can light the way, if we can, um, I think I talked to Stephen earlier today and say, you tip know, of the we, spear. It, we're the tip of the spear, and eventually the mm-hmm. shaft of the spear follows the tip. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's hard to be it's hard to be the tip of the spear. Um, See, you, you can say
0: that in the tap room. You can't say that in the cafe. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Fair enough. You Sorry, can say whatever you want here. I'm not. I'm not editing yeah.
1: anything. This That's, is all I just going out as is. I didn't is. mean any
3: innuendo by that. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but, but it is. It's true. And and it's I think true. that if we can be an example for folks, and and I don't yeah. want to self-aggrandize or anything, but I just think that the more people, and this is again why I was so thankful and grateful to Amy for her podcast today because she is a true leader in this field. She is someone Mm -hmm. that so many people look up to, including Mm me, um, one of my vet tech heroes. And to listen to her um, use her voice in that way today was um, remarkable and uh, I think uh, should be applauded because I was was super proud of her and and I thought it was uh, really well done and I'm glad that she did it.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Well, and I, I think, think one we'll... of the things that. Oh, go ahead. No, oh, you go, oh ahead. go ahead. No, you're go ahead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things that that is missed here, and I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to be pandering here, but um, the the two of you are are so vocal about issues and opinions and and topics in this field because you care about this profession, you care about the people in this profession, yeah. and you don't care what comes back on you for it, right. which I think is. And and I said this to Jeff when we were talking, you know, through text over you you guys being elected or or going to be on the ballot, and we were like, oh, how how are the two of them gonna gonna fit into into the to the realm there? And and my comment was that they both want change, and there's no better way to make change than from the inside. Yeah. So That's you know, it. The, the the fact that that you even wanted to do that, I like I don't know why they would even. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I I, had to
3: laugh listening to Amy's podcast today because she's like, oh, they're small and it's all volunteer. And I was like, yeah. And yet they turned away. Mm
0: -hmm. Volunteers.
3: They turned away 14 14 people who wanted to volunteer to work on their, to work to improve the association and, and, I mean, I don't know what everybody else's platform was going to be, but I want to bring more transparency. I want to bring more accountability. I want to bring more uh, responsiveness, right? Listening to the members. Um, And... There are people who say, oh, well, you know, NAFTA serves their members. NAFTA listens to their members. But those people who aren't members who are here saying, well, I won't join because I don't like what they do. You know, why should we listen to them? I'm like, well, OK, I guess if you don't want to grow your membership, I guess right. don't. And also, you're not listening to all your members because you have general membership meetings where everybody's muted. You don't allow questions. You don't even answer them. You'd say, submit the questions and we'll answer them. And you don't answer them afterwards. You submit bylaw changes to the memberships that they have to vote on en masse instead of allowing them to vote up or down on each individual change. And that's just not, it's just not okay.
0: Right, right. It's not okay. So we're going to kind of... Change into the the NAFTA uh, election situation here. Um, I just want to say too, though, before we get into that, um, I don't want to like this is obviously going to be a little bit of a one sided discussion. But I want to put this out there that Dave and I would still love to have this discussion with anybody from NAFTA. Like this is not the Vet Tech Cafe against NAFTA. This is not Stephen and Liz against NAFTA. Nothing like that. Like we're just having a discussion, and we would love to have this discussion with whoever decides these yep. things or however right. they could because again that's transparency that's what we all want right.
3: and what amy said today is true yeah NAFTA is the voice for us and it is right. the biggest voice right. and you know people have reached out to me and said oh we need a new association we need to have a different association that's against NAFTA." and i'm like i don't how like NAFTA right. is yeah. the organization right. that these right. other organizations look to right so i had that thought serve- myself
1: too of like why don't we just form another organization but like like Amy was saying on her podcast today, I will be dead before change happens. Right. In mm-hmm. in that yeah in that <laughs> regard. So I know.
0: Oh, that was that was a little too real, but <laughs> yeah. I
3: mean it's true. <laughs> I mean it's true. It's like, true. Because like it's who true. is the AV- who does the AVMA look to for right. the technician's right. take on whatever issue? It's Navda. Right. Who right. does mm-hmm. NAVC look to? It's Navda. Who does the AAVSB reach out to when they want feedback about the V T and E or about how credentialing is gonna happen? Mm-hmm. It's Navda. Yeah, so, for sure. We That is the voice. And right. so if we want it to truly represent us, we need to be members, and then we need to participate. And we yeah. need to...
0: And that know, participation needs to be valued.
3: Right. And and accepted, right? So accepted, many, yeah. So many people have come to me after and said, I have tried to volunteer. I have tried to be on a committee. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, I reach out and offer help, and I get nothing, 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 or banned or said no whatever it might be yeah and that is so damaging for yeah me. it's just yeah. damaging for the organization number one because i truly believe in that collaboration is the way we come to the best decisions and the best um outcomes and if we collaboration means not just with people who agree with you you gotta yeah you gotta have right. it Everybody, yeah you, gotta, you, you gotta have hear, to have,
0: you gotta hear it all and, and if you s- don't
3: do that, you're not making good decisions. And right. you're not you're not you don't have good data and you're right. not making good decisions. So Right.
0: So let's start at step one. You both were nominated for the board. Yeah. So Do we know
1: who nominated you or, or I, was, was, I
0: was just gonna say yeah. we don't we don't have to know, or you can say <laughs> you, you can say if you like. But so I guess my, my first question is gonna be to your understanding, did that mean as as being nominated, you were going to be on the ballot, like you were running for the position? Like that's what it sounds like to me. I'm just curious if if there was any communication that may have said otherwise.
2: Yeah, I believe the the email. So uh, both Liz and I were not self-nominated. We did have a, <laughs> an active, good standing member nominate us. Um, okay. So we did receive an email saying, do we accept the nomination? Can you please fill out this portion of the nomination form? Um, and then we didn't hear anything uh, until we got the email saying that there were so many nominees and uh, we decided not to choose you. Um,
3: and that cl- email came the day before the ballot went out.
2: Yes. And for clarity's <laughs> sake, I was nominated for the treasurer position. Um and when the ballot came out the treasurer position was uncontested so the incumbent uh who i really admire and love harold Mm -hmm. davis he gets to stay in that position um and as far as i'm aware i fully meet all of the requirements having served on the NAFTA board before (laughs) and serving the last two maybe not maybe four years on the cbts committee um So it was a little bit surprising to me that it was uncontested, uh, which I I, I just found particularly interesting. And I,
3: you know, I uh, was I served on a NAVTA committee briefly several years ago. I have been a member since 2004. I have been in leadership of other organizations, including the California RVT Association, including my specialty academy, um, AIMVT. So I met. If you read the requirements and the, and what they're looking for, I met those requirements. Um, now I will say, in my case, I, as president of the union, I think that there are very legitimate reasons that an organization might say this is probably not a great fit because it's going to endanger opportunities for sponsorship or whatever. Right? That well, maybe sure. you're, maybe you can't be. Um, you know, maybe your your interests are muddied, you have a conflict of interest, whatever. And you know what? That is a totally fair criticism and a totally fair reason that they might not want me to uh to to be a part of the board. And I get it. And if that if they would if that was the reason, I'm happy to hear that. And I totally understand that as a matter of fact, because you know, that's a choice sure <laughs> I sure. talked to Stephen about this a lot uh, Again, that's a transparency. choice I made and right and that's, right. and I and I, I've never made it a secret that I'm in ahead the head of the union it's not like I was trying to <laughs> slip in right um, unawares uh, but I also you know I have now that I am in leadership on lots of different in in different organizations so for example Namvi when I became um, the uh, an administrator of that group. I had a conversation with the folks on the on the board who said, you know, we are concerned about your union uh, activities and how they're going to intersect with your work in Namvi. And, you know, are, can you, um, like, not recruit in Namvi? Can you, like, is will you be able to do that? And I was like, no, of course, these are two completely, I mean, there are in my mind, of course, they're overlap between organizing <laughs> of and course, yeah. uh, mental health. Right. Um, no, of course. Like that's it's not the, That's not the place. So, right. I'm yeah. And and I I think if anyone looked through NAMVI, they would see that that is something that I have definitely held too. Um, I was appointed to be on the California Veterinary Medical Association RVT committee, and they came to me also. And said we're concerned about your union activity um, and serving the CVMA, and can you separate those two responsibilities? Can you do both? Can you represent RVTs in your district, but also while you're also doing your union organizing? And you know, I just pointed to my other organizational experience and what I had been doing, and said, I don't, I don't think that. I mean, I'm very open and transparent about the conflict of interest and I'm happy right. also always to be called out on it. If some, if I, if I, someone's like, um, that crossed a line, I would of course want to hear that. But that hasn't happened. Yeah. So I'm happy that I would be, I would <clears throat> love to hear from the nominating committee. I would love for them to have, I would love to sit down with them and have a conversation yeah. about why they made the decisions that they made. And I feel like my... My gut feeling is they don't want to have that conversation because that's not the reason <laughs> and that it's going to be a difficult conversation. Gotcha. Yeah,
2: I You know, I, I think the big veil that needs to be lifted, I'm in a similar situation as Liz as far as some of the things that NAFTA might find unsavory about me. You know, I know their past president, Ed, loves me. I have the same mutual respect and love for him also. Um, <laughs> but if you look at the eligibility Section in the the new NAFTA bylaws, Article Seven, it specifically says the credentialed member meets the eligibility requirements set forth herein and any other requirements set forth by the NAFTA Board of Directors. There's no description of what that actually is, um, <laughs> and there's and, no
3: list of like disqualifying things either.
2: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, you go down to to uh, section six of the elig- eligibility. You know, it also says being mindful of the association's desire for uh, diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion, the nominating committee shall prepare and submit uh, to the president a ballot containing at least one candidate for each seat on the board of directors to be filled. Um, so you know, it's 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 interesting uh, because not only in that diversity definition would I include a BIPOC person, someone from the LGBT family, but also diversity of opinion and, and right. uh, how we mm-hmm. go about ourselves within this industry. And, and, you know, look at our federal government. I can't say that it's working super well right now, but we have a diversity of opinion and we have to work together to get this stuff out and, and move things forward. And I think yeah. we we have better overall approaches when we have these differences of opinions working together instead of this echo chamber that we see now.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And
0: it's like, Liz, like even in your post today, you know, when, when you shared Amy's podcast post, you know, that, that you and Amy don't always agree or, or come at things the same way, but you're trying to accomplish the same goals. And that's right. And I think that's what Amy said a lot in her podcast is that yeah. we might all be wanting different things we might all want to be doing things different ways but we're all still trying to get the same goal and i think that's been kind of lost in this is is that like yes you guys have different opinions or maybe you have different ways of getting there but um number one you have the ability to recruit much greater membership than they've had in any particular (laughs) recent history but also like it's it's a different set of ideas that a lot of people might gravitate to and you're still going for the same things. Um and I think that gets forgotten. I, I guess one question I would have, like the rejection letter if you will, or the the, the letter, you know, you've been left off the, the nomination or off the ballot, like is it just a form letter that all you guys got the same? Like there was no conversation yeah. about that's no. just so disappointing. And I reached
3: out yeah and I reached out to Phil and asked for the feedback um, you know why why was I excluded? And he said he wasn't at liberty to discuss the, the, the um, discussions of the nominating committee. And um, so I then I said, well, that is disappointing because if someone wanted to do this work at a different time and, you know, maybe they wanted to try again next year, It would be helpful if they knew the reasons so that they could correct them, so that Mm -hmm. they would be eligible in for a future election. Because, and for that, that wasn't even me that I was asking for. That was people like Angela Rathman and Jen Serling, who, -hmm. and there was another director who, who I know was nominated. And I mean, I don't know if she didn't didn't meet the qualification. I don't know her, but um, you know, there there were there were sixteen people who were left off or. 14 people who were left off of the ballot. And I think if those people want to serve the organization, um, it would it would behoove the organization to let them know why they didn't make the bar this time and what they right. could do mm-hmm. for the next one. Yeah. But they yeah. I mean I just wouldn't. don't
1: understand the logic of telling you you're you're nominated and then it, yeah. it seemed like it was a very right. short was it like a couple days between Seeing your post that I was nominated for this and we were like, oh, oh great. no, no,
3: it was there was a there was a good bit of time. The nominations was, that okay. were due, I think, November 8th, November 16th, something like that. They were due <laughs> early to mid-November. And then um, and then they didn't let us know until I think November 30th that we went out December 1st.
1: But why tell you you were nominated just to say, sorry, we're not going to do that?
2: Yeah, like, I, I don't understand
1: the logic behind that.
2: I I don't either, but I'm I'm just really stuck on the process in general. So the bylaws stipulate that the past president is the nominations committee chair, which he is. So regardless, we're beholden to whoever is in this chair position, whether they like somebody or don't like somebody and whether they are going to be put on the ballot, which I think is the most frustrating Mm -hmm. part Mm. of all of this. Right. And it's frustrating, too, because I did put a post out about this when the the new bylaw changes were proposed. I said, you guys need to read this. This is not okay." because when we had to vote as NAFTA members to accept these new bylaws, which they had an overwhelmingly positive response to these changes... It was a yes or no question for all the changes. It wasn't divvied out into this section. Mm. I have concerns about this. This section, I want to say yes or no to. It was just yes or no, take it or leave it. And now we're stuck with it. And NAFTA gets to pull that card and get to say, well, the NAFTA membership voted. They're absolutely right. And that's our fault.
3: That is our fault. Right.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, I
3: don't think it's our fault. I will say I don't think it's the member's fault. I mean, I I do... I don't want to dilute your message of pay attention and participate in your (laughs) association because you need to do that. (laughs) You know, you really need to do that. Um, But the fact that they didn't allow you to vote up or down on each individual change is the bigger problem because I think they would have had 91 percent acceptance on some things and 0 percent acceptance on Mm -hmm. other changes. But they didn't let people they didn't let people have that degree of autonomy, and that yeah. was disappointing. And I will say, Avecton did an amazing job with their bylaws changes, and they laid out exactly what they were changing, the rationale for the change, what it was going to impact, and they let you vote on each individual change. And honestly, that is the way I believe it should be done in a membership organization.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. And the biggest I, irony, I'm sorry, Jeff, the biggest no. irony with these bylaw changes is even with the bylaw changes and leaning on the bylaws, when NAVTA made their statement as to their nominating process, the bylaws still were not followed. Um, and that is because right. my dear friend, our dear friend, Aaron Spencer, who I love, I have nothing yes. bad to yeah. say against, but she was not qualified to be running in this race. And I did bring that up to her. She agreed with me. She is a great person of integrity. Reached out to Phil and withdrew her nomination, uh, which is appropriate because it does say in the bylaws: if you have served as past president, you are not allowed to serve as president again. Uh, and what was striking in the email about Aaron's withdrawal that was sent from NAFTA, there was no mention that they were outside of the bylaws. Right? Um, they, I mean. I'm glad it it showed Aaron's integrity, but there was no admission that they messed up. And sometimes it's okay to just say, "You know, we messed up on this one."
3: Sometimes it's always okay to say, "Hey, "Hey, we messed up." It's always okay. We made a mistake. This was this was an error. This was an oversight. Whatever it was, even even, hey. We don't like Liz and Steven. We don't want them on our board. We think it's gonna be really uncomfortable (laughs) and we don't want it to happen. Yeah. But honestly, like I'd rather hear the honest answer. Yeah. Um, because right now it just it's so amorphous and it feels very um random
2: but not
3: random.
1: It does because (laughs) random but not random. Well, It'd, I be only know of... if it was, it'd be one thing if it was if it was just the two of you because right. of all all the Agreed. things we're talking right. about, but, right. but but people like Angela and some right. of the other people that left off. Like, like I, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say sense.
0: Angela and Jen. Um, uh, I mean, as, assuming they meet the NAFTA qualifications. Um, like Angela, I can't think of a l- I can't less think of a controversial <laughs> person right. in, in our field. Um, right? You know, she's a she's a VTS. She's published books. She's she's she, she does a lot of work in this field and Jen Serling as well, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, so yeah. And, and I know, I know who nominated Angela and that's very surprising um, that, that again, that that, that that person was left off again. I just don't know, like when I saw the ballot, there was what, six people running for yeah, all yeah, of these six, positions six or point and point yet, that, yeah. you know, there's it's great that there's you know all of these people the a record number of nominations yet there's only six people on the ballot for what four four different positions like what
2: what right yeah.
0: what I mean you you two were in California we just voted in November there was like 30 people <laughs> oh for the for the governor <laughs> like what like if they were nominated I, I I sure I get it if they don't meet their the qualifications yeah leave them off let them yeah. know hey like you like you said Liz, you're deficient in this area. We'd like to consider you in the future, but until this happens, you know, but yeah. So I I think that's, and that's just, that's frustrated a lot of people. And I I think for so long, people have been calling for transparency from NAVTA and we're still not getting it. And that kind of leads us to... uh, again, another oh. nav to discussion. Uh, unless anything, Dave, were you going to say something else? <laughs> oh, oh, even so even. I'm sorry,
2: he just he just saw my hand. You know, it's, <laughs> oh. it, before before we before we jump. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to point out another section in the bylaws, Article Five: Revocation and reinstatement of membership, Section One: Revocation. If, in the opinion of the board of directors, if in the opinion of the board of directors, um. A member of the association is believed to have participated in in activities which are not in the best interest of the profession and or the association said members shall be notified. Where is the accountability for the board members that put together this ballot? (laughs) I know that I am not going to change this ballot. I know that I am going to lose this fight, but I want all of the members to demand accountability. Because, in my opinion, as a paying member, what NAFTA just did was not in the best interest of the association or this industry. They just mired their own association and 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 membership yeah. opinion uh, and trust. But right. I mean, you have but there will be who, no accountability. So yes, yeah, right. you
3: have people who I mean, I know people who told me they joined, you know, so they could vote for me, right and.
2: Mm-hmm. Then
3: and now, I hear people say, "Well, I'm not going to renew because of all of this bullshit. I'm not going to renew." Right. So, how does that serve, right, a membership-driven association?
1: Yeah, yeah, it, I, I know. I think they it, missed a big opportunity to to get, they, like, like yeah. I said, Liz, people that would would join just to vote for you and Stephen. Probably same with you, uh, of just getting voices that that truly care about the <laughs> profession, truly care about promoting this profession. And I feel like they've just shot themselves in the foot by yeah, all of the social media that crap way. that that's it, gone. It sure gone. does.
0: And the big thing is, is that all of our organizations, membership organizations, nav to carve to whoever. Like, if you don't have membership, you have no clout. You have no ability to get anything done without right. members and without like a membership that actually represents a significant percentage. Of the people in your jurisdiction, or uh, in your profession, I mean, or whatever and it that's is. a whole
3: and, other thing. Yes, and I know Stephen yes. has the actual numbers on that, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but their latest report, the latest NAFTA Journal, says they have eighty five hundred members. It says they 8, do 000. not. They don't break it down between credentialed non-credentialed or other supportive, right. right, other supporters. So there's no breakdown there, even though we have asked for it repeatedly. Mm-hmm. They also don't call out how many of those were quote unquote automatic memberships because there was a period of time where VCA automatically enrolled every credential technician in NAFTA. It was part mm. of your onboarding. Here you go, here's your NAFTA membership. Hmm. Um, I don't know if that's still happening, but it did happen for a long time. And I think Stephen did some math, but he, I, I mean, I know Stephen's going to give you some math, but I'll give you some math that the BLS says there are 118,000 credential or 118,000 veterinary technicians in the U.S. And they don't break down between right. assistants and technicians, which is a whole other problem, which, you know, who could be working on that at the national level with the BLS? I mean, mm. maybe like NAVDA, but brainstorm mm-hmm. um, that. so 118,000 veterinary technicians in the U.S., and NAVDA has 8,000 members.
2: What's that
1: percentage?
3: That's 7%.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Thanks. it's it, it's it's interesting because in today's veterinary nurse, uh, one of the board members, Marielle Hendricks, um, mentioned the 8,000 members. Uh, they estimated about 100,000 veterinary technicians slash assistants in the United States. I'm actually going to update you a little bit, Liz. So the BLS now says there's 122,000 veterinary technicians assistance in the United States. Um, And and going back to what Liz was talking about, I call it voluntary membership. Um, When you look at VCA and their member and their employee benefits for credentialed veterinary technicians, they do offer automatic membership to NAFTA. And Per the VCA website, I'm happy to give you all the links. Um, they said that they have thirty seven hundred credentialed veterinary technicians, which drops down so that eight, was drops down that eight thousand number oh, wow. to forty three hundred voluntary members.
0: Wow. Basically, if you, were in to,
2: half. if you were to include Banfield's numbers that claims 4,000 non-DBM employees, that cuts it down even more. So with my ref guesstimation of numbers you have maybe 2800 voluntary members of NAFTA when you compare that to a state like California where we have 10,000 registered veterinary technicians in our state I mean that's that's not even 30 percent in the state of California of representation so it, it just boggles my mind that they hold this much power with these organizations but again I'm not saying that we should take it away. But right. we also just need to be very aware when Napta says, oh, our member's this, our member's that. Yeah, well, half of them don't even want to be here, don't really care to be here. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're
3: not engaged. They're not right, engaged right, members. They didn't yes. choose to be members. Yes, right. They just ended up in it. And I'm, it I'm, and I'm they sure get, that's not and,
1: all of them, too, right? right. There, there's mm-hmm. got to be some percentage of them that are sure. like, oh, great, I've got oh, an AFTA membership. Sure. I be part of, course. of that.
3: course, of course. But still, it's still such a tiny, tiny, tiny amount. And especially when AVMA just announced this week that they just passed the hundred thousand member mark. Mm. Mm. So AVMA mm. has a hundred thousand members. Yeah. NAFTA has eight.
1: And and yeah. how long has NAFTA been in?
3: Since nineteen eighty one, I think
1: eight, Amy said on her podcast. Uh, yeah, eighty one. Eighty one. So yeah. like 40, 40 years, and they've yeah. got a grand total of eight 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 thousand members. Yeah.
3: And I don't see them doing anything to try to, to
1: recruit, right? Know.
3: Yeah. I don't I mean I
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't see
3: it. I don't know. I I don't. I don't see a big drive. I don't see a push. I don't see folks out there doing true listening sessions to find out why did people leave? What why what would bring you back? What kind of benefits right. do you want? Why, right. how can we bring you in? Yeah. Um, I don't see any of that listening happening.
0: Yeah, either. I agree. I agree. I agree. Um. So let's let's stay on the nav to train. Let's just go to a different car and <laughs> talk about the the survey. Um, the the mid level as, as much as we all love this term phrase. <sighs> I if you have, have if if you have, this. <laughs> oh gosh, I have I, some
3: thoughts about I would this. Not, no, thoughts I would not have today. expected
0: that. Um, just
3: today, new but, thoughts.
0: But the the mid level <laughs> practitioner survey. Um, you know, it's an. I think the one thing I want to say is it's an for me. It was a really odd time, a really like mm-hmm. head scratching. Hey, look time. at this over
1: here! Look
3: at the shiny <laughs> yes, thing. it's like oh, a bait and switch. It's, it's 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 Daphne, right? Daphne wants the straw. You don't want her to play with the straw. Here are the shiny no, kids, Daphne. It's, they're
0: silicone keys. straws. She can yeah. play with them all the time.
3: <laughs> but you, know, but I mean, he, that's
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, uh, yeah anyway so 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 please thoughts you have thoughts <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah okay so well Stephen do you want to go first
2: I you know or I just want to I want to round this out because I feel like I know where you're gonna go but I just I already wanna, told you where I'm gonna go I I just want to say yes I do think it was an interesting pivot if it was if we're gonna talk about planning or strategy or whatever I do think it's an interesting pivot but I also just want to stress that I didn't I personally did not find anything in the survey that was uh, particularly frustrating or or pointed. I I do truly think they are trying to get opinions of the members about this particular issue, which is very, very similar to what happened to the veterinary nurse initiative, where we were, I was on the board that helped approve the veterinary nurse initiative. It did not happen like we were told it was going to happen. Um, Otherwise, you wouldn't hear me talking about the, the title change portion. Um, I I think they're forced to do the survey because they are being asked about it. Um, and I, I, I know Liz will talk about this, but like, it's, it's frustrating because we do have these big money, um, corporations behind things like this. Um, <laughs> and, well, not just
3: big money corporations. These are, there are also universities behind this. Oh, uh, well, absolutely. They want yeah. to develop programs so that that, where they can enroll people. Yeah. And I think, right. It's, I mean, money, look, we are in a capitalistic society that mm-hmm, is yeah. always follow, always follow the money is always the answer.
2: And master's and degrees I, are the biggest, uh, Right Waste of higher education right. money right For a majority of them, not all of them. right not all right. of them, but most so, of them.
3: so I'll start first with just like the basic my basic thoughts about it um in terms of like a master's degree, right? Which is if we're talking about making this analogous to an NP, it's a math. That's a master's degree there's no que- if you want to be an np you have to get a bachelor's in nursing and a master's in nursing and then additional certification to become that np so great i'm all for more education more educational pathways for veterinary technicians no question if we look at the vast majority of veterinary technicians in this country we have degrees in we have associate's degrees in veterinary technology some of us very, very few, very few of us have a bachelor's in veterinary technology. There are more and more programs coming out. Fantastic. We need them. We need that pathway, 100% behind it. But when we look at the available pool, because you can't get into a master's program if you don't have a bachelor's degree. So... We're talking about a vanishingly small number of people. Yeah, uh, and if you say, "Well, we'll take any bachelor," so like for example, I have a bachelor's in English, I have a master's in education. Like those are not veterinary technology degrees. <laughs> I have an associates in, of science and AS in veterinary technology. What happens with people with AAS? With B.A.S. versus A.S. and B.S., these are all like, you know, very fine distinctions, but they matter. And when we're talking about academia, all of those things matter. So what kind of master's program is it going to be? Who is going to be admitted? Are you going to require any bachelor's? Is it going to be a science bachelor's? Is it going to be a bachelor's in veterinary technology? What is it? Because if you want to be an NP, it's a BSN. It's not a bachelor's in some random right. other thing. You need a bachelor's in nursing. And if you have a bachelor's in some other random thing, and you want to go to nursing, you want to go to NP school, become a mat—you know—you want to get a master's in nursing, or even if you want to become a nurse and you already have a bachelor's degree, you have to do a post grad completion program to get that nursing certification. So. There are lots of nurses are just yeah. so far ahead of us in this in this area. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I know, I know that these discussions are coming from um a scarcity mindset. And what they're coming from is is fear. The idea that someone is going to come and take this away from us, that we want to be in the conversation. We want to be in charge of whatever this thing is going to turn out to be way down the line. Um It needs to be our thing. And for me, and this is a realization I came to literally today, you know what? If the vets want to do this, let them have it. The (laughs) AVMA can make their mid Go ahead, vets. Have at it. You can have all the PAs you want. Good luck. Good luck with your programs. Admit all of the bachelors in biology and microbiome and chem. Take them all. Take all the science-related people and train them up to be the veterinarian assistants or whatever it's going to be called, which I guess we can't call them assistants. So whatever they're going to call them, <laughs> mm-hmm. mid-level practitioners. Yeah. And you know what?
0: And M- ahead. MLPs. Go ahead.
3: Get get all of those out there. And and while you're doing that, while you're involved in that morass, we will be over here strengthening our scopes of practice in each individual state to make it so that your PAs can't do anything. Because yeah. if they're not credentialed technicians, they don't get to do our skills so you guys can parse out whatever doctor skills you want to give to them great have at it take it i don't want any part of it let us have our thing here we're going to focus on our nursing skills we're going to focus on making sure that those scopes of practice are tight and we're going to develop our own educational programs and ultimately my ultimate goal my bohag is we become our own self-governing profession we have boards of veterinary technology. We manage our own licensure. We are we we do everything for ourselves, de- separated out from the veterinarians. That's how nurses are with doctors. And I believe that's where how we should be yeah. with veterinarians. There is no reason for the veterinarian to be in charge of our side of the profession. How do, going, oh, <laughs> yeah. Liz, yeah, how do we start that?
2: Oh, yeah. Liz, going back to the education piece and, and these conversations, especially with some of the programs that are kind of piloting what a master's degree looks like and and trying to think about things like equity, which when I've discussed this with that director, I I now look back and I'm like, you know what? I was wrong uh, because I was talking about equity and, and including people that have a bachelor's in health science or a bachelor's in English to fit into this master's program. But as you said, on the, so on the academia side they can do whatever they want. But on the regulatory side, when these Pre- these veterinary medical practice acts start opening up, they are not going to bend to this silly uh, precedent that we no. just said. Because then other professional uh, licensure certifications that falls under consumer protection would have to accommodate the same kind of malarkey that we're suggesting here, which just, it, it just makes no sense. And then we also have the, the problem of when is the Practice Act ever going to change? So again, I, I think I go back to Amy and Dave of I'll probably be dead before that happens. And then I think Jeff, Jeff and I talked about this at one point. You know, there's this interest in creating this mid level position, and a lot of technicians, especially the senior ones, are going to want to jump ship and go do these courses. But then you're just leaving this hole open. veterinary technicians that still needs to be fulfilled. And Liz, you just sent me an article from uh, Bob Lester about, what are we, 30 years away from the number of graduating class of veterinary technicians to fill what we actually need something crazy like that. Yeah. When
3: you run apparently, so this was in today's veterinary business. Um, Dr. Lester has an article there every, every month. Mm-hmm. Um, and this month was talking about the shortage, the veterinary workforce shortage. And when you look at the the growth of the profession, the number of jobs currently open, the rate of turnover, all of these things, right. And you crunch those numbers he, he his results were that we are thirty years. We have thirty years worth of graduating. We need to do to meet the needs of veterinary medicine for on the technician side. Thirty years. If yeah. we focus solely on graduating, on graduating, <laughs> on graduating people yeah. into the profession. So what that tells me when I look at that is then what we need to do rather than focusing on. The pipeline, which I don't really like that term, but rather than focusing on bringing people into the profession, we need to focus on keeping people in the profession and bringing people back to the profession. And I think I don't know if it was his article or another article that I read this week that said that there was a survey that like the majority of people who left the profession would come back. Yeah, become, that, that was in that in four medicine.
0: things that's kind of making the rounds right now. Um, they would
3: come back. They want to work yeah. in BetMed, and the reason they left is because they were not paid well enough. They couldn't make a living, they couldn't live on what they made, they weren't respected and utilized. Mm-hmm. Those are the two and then they didn't have work life and the, balance. Yeah, but the these toxic are all workplace culture. Yeah. So right, but hey
0: Roma one and two. Yeah. And and those are fixable things fixable. Like, it, yeah like fixable that that's what's that's what's utterly frustrating and in shorter
3: that, than 30 years
1: right right <laughs> so well, yeah does that does that study factor in the fact that you know technicians last five to seven years
3: well i mean but why do technicians last five to seven years right what are uh, all the all reasons those, behind four, that when we mm-hmm, look the right four. it's those things right? right so if we could fix those things we would extend, we would retain yeah. people too. So not yeah. only would we retain people, but we, we have the opportunity to even draw people back to the profession to right. come back, um, and contribute again in a way that's meaningful for them. I apologize. Yeah. For that's the okay. Dog.
1: That's all right. It's all right. Well, and and <laughs> going back to Steven's point, the, the, that's what I've always said. If you're, if you're trying to recruit veterinary technicians to do this mid-level practitioner, you're, you're, you're creating that hole that's already not, not fulfilled. So neither one of those is a good answer. Like, I don't want somebody with a with a, right. a chemistry degree to come in and be doing surgery on dogs. Like, mm-hmm. like right. what are you talking I, I,
0: about? Yeah, I didn't even really <laughs> consider that as a as a possibility. You know, in California, for a while, you could, with certain Bachelor of Science degrees, you could take, at the time, the old California RVT Association uh, or California RVT exam um, when they went to the VTNE and actually even a little bit before that, they got rid of that. But I never even really considered that it was a pathway until I read an survey and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's actually in consideration." I wasn't even aware. Like I, I never. And the
3: reason it's in consideration is because it's, because it's the veterinarians who are talking about it. Right. It's right. the well, veterinarians I... who are right. trying to solve this problem right. for us. Oh poor little vet techs, you have this problem, you don't have enough of you in the profession, and oh, the vets are complaining because there aren't enough of you, and mm, don't worry about it, we'll take care of it, we'll fix it for you. Here, shiny new title.
0: For sure, and to your point earlier, they know it's a minuscule percentage of the veterinary technicians that have a bachelor's degree in veterinary technology that would actually qualify for Moving forward, right. like they're they're otherwise at least another two years away, and many people probably four years away. I certainly right. would be from even
1: right. being considering going through a program like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the AVMA also sent out their own survey. I don't know if you guys saw right. that. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and and Robin said, "Hey, can you help me fill this out?" Because you you have Molly a, said a, the, the thing. Same. <laughs> Yeah, she's like you. You've got a better pulse on what's going on than I do. Um, and I I said pretty much everything we're, we're saying here is like. Taking, take it you're robbing Peter to pay Paul with with these technicians, uh, going into this program, and who who knows what's going to come out of either one of these surveys? They're probably going to say, "Oh, we got overwhelming, yeah, yeah, results well, exactly." Of,
3: and yeah. thank the goddess for veterinarians who are like, "I don't know anything about this. Where's my vet tech who yeah. can answer this?" For yeah, me? right, yeah, exactly. Because...
0: Right, and you know that's that's an interesting point too because you know multiple I've seen at least. I think four, if not five, uh, state vet tech associations have like posted basically position statements yeah. about this right. survey and what have you. And we with, with CARFTA, uh, actually called an emergency meeting this past week to, to discuss it and a couple of other things as well. And, uh, you know, our viewpoint was like, shoot, we, we, before we put out a position statement, we probably need to poll our membership and see like where where our people lie but then the discussion was well <laughs> to, to steven's earlier numbers like our membership i don't even think represents a significant statistically significant enough portion of rbt's in the state of california to form right. a reasonable opinion about that so mm-hmm. what what are like like we don't want to lay in the weeds and not do anything but like we, we but also like i i do we have enough to go on or, or can we as a board actually just say like, this is our viewpoint. Like, do we want to vote on that? And it's, it's been a really interesting process, but a lot of, I can think of um, Florida was the most recent one I saw. Um, But New York, obviously I think Missouri um, at least one or two others that, that kind of came out in Oklahoma that that kind of came out and said, instead of focusing on this, position as Amy Newfield said, will probably not be around before we die. Um, we would rather focus on utilization and these other things to keep the people we already have and utilize those better or consider the VTS that we already have, which is advanced training, advanced, um, testing, advanced skills, all those things. And, but why don't we use the VTS? Because there's no money in it. There's no money in it for anybody. There is not an institution that can <laughs> th- that can make money on that and right. yeah so i i'm curious go
3: ahead sorry yeah
2: oh i was just gonna say for the vts thing i think it'll be interesting because there are a couple of states that are kind of testing this in mm-hmm. legislatively uh, at this point which i i think will be interesting and uh you know my hope is that that actually goes through so that we can kibosh this whole mid-level <laughs> <laughs> uh, creation yeah. of some program and put vetex in $30,000 more debt uh, right. for nothing. Um, yeah. So that, that would be good. I, I am really hopeful that that legislation goes through, actually. I mean,
3: I had a really interesting conversation with you know, Stephen wrote that well I guess technically Stephen and I wrote that piece about the mid <laughs> level um, and uh, you know so I had a conversation with Dr. Price who's the director of the LMU program and the, they discussed it in the in the class and um, and they were talking about that because the people in that program I think most of them don't have VTSs uh, and so they were saying well you know a VTS just isn't it isn't achievable for a lot of people it's a it's not. They're not able to to do it, and I said, yeah, but they're not able to do a master's degree either. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, there's very little, like in terms of achievability, in terms of actual actually being able, like being qualified and being able to do it. I don't I don't know that there's a huge difference on that baseline between a VTS and uh, and a master's program. What I will say is that the, the VTS, if the people that they want in this kind of role are people who have Verified clinical skills, then the VTS is what you want, not a master's degree.
0: Right, right. And you know, I, I think one of my concerns after my and, and it's a relatively short time. It was only four years that I worked in academia. But if if graduating veterinarians don't have any concept that 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 degree path that that position exists, they're not going to have any idea how to utilize that position any more than they have any idea how to utilize veterinary technicians. And I used to ask veterinary students all the time, and I've said this before, like, you know, they used to say, oh, you know, I was a tech before vet school. I'm like, great. You know, like, uh, what state were you licensed in? Oh, I wasn't ever licensed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So that's a conversation that we need to have because like, when you go out into practice, you're going to have all of these people, like it's not, it's not not like vet school. You're not going to be answering the phone when when you go out and practice and if you are there's a major problem um, but like if, if I can't imagine what these people that maybe become or take on this role as a middle level practitioner how they're actually going to integrate themselves or, or find a practice that will even utilize them or let them right. do what they are qualified to do or trained to right. do or licensed to do whatever it is
2: right
1: uh yeah, I,
0: I have a and thought. And not
3: only that, doesn't even touch the idea of production-based salaries. Right. Yeah, and how veterinarian, what You're veterinarian g- yeah, give up is that going percentage. to yeah. give mm-hmm. away right. a percentage of their earnings? Right to uh, an NP, you know, for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Who, who is going to do that? What veterinarian is going to do that? Especially a new grad veterinarian with right. four hundred thousand dollars in debt or whatever it is they have. They need they want every penny they of want their every production.
1: penny yeah yeah um,
3: they're not going to be turning that over to someone and a practice I don't see a practice right now I don't see practices really embracing the idea of this except that large corporates particularly those based that are that are backed by venture capital money and private equity um, will see it as a way to make even mm-hmm. more money yeah
0: yeah and, well, I was and, gonna and say
2: be- they're gonna be Go ahead, Jeff.
0: No, I was just going to say, maybe there'll come a day where they'll, you know, if normally, say, a, a, you know, a very large hospital may have, like s- say, six receiving vets, they might realize it's a lot cheaper to have one receiving veterinarian and five MLPs. Um, exactly. A- and so be it. Like,
2: <laughs> I, I, I right. think that's exactly the model. That this is this is aimed for, uh, and I was just going to say the exact same thing, Jeff. Is they're they're not going to want to share the production, but they're going to be forced to share the production. You know, I I, I see, uh, I, and I'm not talking bad about Banfield at all, but you know, Banfield's very good at like, oh, we're doing all these tech appointments now, which is great. I love that, mm-hmm. but I can see that evolving into I'm going to have this mid level person do all of these basic wellness exams and. And, and veterinarians are gonna then uh, pick it about what did we just create and why did we do this <laughs> I, I think people I don't think people, especially the veterinarians and certainly the veterinary technicians don't understand where some of these ideas come from Mm-mm. you know there there's these groups um, I don't want to name them because yeah I don't feel like dealing with a lawsuit before the end of the year if I don't have to but um, <laughs> you know there are these, these think tanks that even many of us are, are not aware of, but there are these think tanks that come up with these ideas on how to make an extra buck. And yeah. they, they frame it as this is going to be a helpful solution for the veterinary industry. We're going to help technicians. We're going to help doctors. No, 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 no. no, no.
1: Well, in, no. in the thought that I was I've been formulating just as we've been having this conversation, you know, we talk about this. This person that's going to take this role on of of doing all these things and we say, oh, a VTS would be perfect to just slide into that role. I realize that there's all kinds of legal things that need to happen with the practice acts and all that stuff. But what if there was a VTS in whatever we want to call this, um, VTS VN or something like that or or nurse practitioner, whatever it is, Um, how how difficult would that be? To do that, aside from the the big step of opening up the practice act to say these are VTSs in this very focused uh, idea, H- how do how does that happen? Or does so it I think
2: happen? that's I think that's already kind of happening with the the pieces of legislation that are kind of looking at utilizing VTSs in that way. And I've heard the term, and I actually like it: advanced practice veterinary technician. Yeah. Uh, just Mm -hmm. like advanced practice veterinary or advanced practice nurse in the human world. I think that makes a lot of sense. And and I think there would only need to be very minor changes within the, um, the veterinary practice acts instead of kind of this curriculum review degree based thing. Um, And I mean, Going back to what Liz said earlier, if you want some with clinical experience, the VTSs are the way to go. You know, you have to yeah. have a a doctor sign off that you have mastery of this. Most of the VTSs now are requiring that a specialist uh, are signing off these mastery of skills. Um, and you're actually showing your knowledge. and And most of these programs that I'm hearing about are online. And I'm like, I don't want somebody to right. do minor surgery or prescribing that has done an 18-month online course. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, right, right. Call me, yeah. No, I, I agree. Pretentious, but I, no, no. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, and I
3: think the VTS, you know, there are 16 VTS academies now. Um, the potential exists certainly for more if they can meet the requirements set forth by the CVTS to, be, to become academies. And I think that um, you know, people are like, well, what, what, you know, how, what, how are you going to use a VTS ECC? They're so super specialized. They're so like, we're, this isn't going to help with the veterinary workforce shortage, just using VTSs more. And I'm like, well, I 100% disagree, of right. course. Mm-hmm. Um, but also when we look at some of these other academies like DERM or OPTHO or dentistry, and we can think about how those VTSs could be utilized in those yeah. practices or even in a gp setting a high level yeah. gp setting you can use those people with those per, those particular skills and specialties mm-hmm. to really extend the service that you can provide so maybe you know it's not at that at that initial level and i know that's where everybody is focusing on is at the first level the first presentation level the gp right because that's where people are having trouble getting in and getting seen. Um, and I, and so we should focus there, but I think that focus should be more on those things we need to do to keep people in the profession and bring people back to the profession.
0: I agree. Um, so we're like a little bit over an hour.
3: Oh, we are. My goodness. That's a long tap room, y'all. <laughs> that's,
0: yeah, it that's is, like two, is. three well, times Mary, as long as our normal ones. M- Merry <laughs> Christmas to the t- yeah. to the caffeinators. Yeah. Um, so well, I- you had
3: twice as many. You had 100% more people. <laughs> that's true. That's 100%. true. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes.
0: Um, so I, I don't want to keep you guys anymore. Um, but I, I just wanted to circle back. We've mentioned it already a couple of times. And, and you guys, I'm only asking this because you guys both shared Amy's podcast episode today. Um, and we talked about you know all of these changes that, frankly, are just going to take so long, regardless of of where you stand on you know what you want your title to be. And I think Amy made a very good point about forget about the title; these are the more important facets of the VNI. And and I think one that mm-hmm. has always been kind of under the radar that is really important to me because I'm on the job trained. I don't have an AAS. Um, it's reciprocity. And, you know, the portability state to state, um, thankfully I was able to get licensed in Massachusetts when I lived there. I now live in California, but work for an Illinois based corporation, uh, actually New York based corporation, but we operate out of Illinois and I cannot get licensed in Illinois. Um, mm. now Illinois calls people CBT and I have a CBT in Massachusetts. So when <laughs> I sign my initials, it says CBT and nobody knows that it's not from Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, but she really brought up, a, I thought, a very interesting point in the project management side of it, and this idea of the committee members and all of this, they're doing so many things. Are they diluting out some of these things? And I, I just kind of wanted to get a little bit more of your thoughts, because I, I think it resonated with the both of you enough to share it a little bit. So if you don't mind.
2: I. Okay. Uh- Yes, I mean, I, other than yes, I don't really, I, don't, I don't really have a lot more commentary on that, and and you know, I, it also struck home with me um, as someone that does this myself, but I think I'm, I think I'm a little bit better at it. Is uh, the same people keep having these conversations and these bright ideas? They're not bad ideas, but the follow through and the execution. Is frustrating, um, and uh, I would love us to focus our our energy on specific things that are super important to us right now. Title protection being one of them, reciprocity being another. Um, and I know you know NAVTA has has certainly said themselves, "Well, we can walk and chew gum at the same time." Um, it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like it. Yeah, good point. Well, I
3: mean I think Amy made that point. No yeah. state has changed the yeah. title and yeah. the B and I chose to do title change first for I don't understand the reason. I don't I really don't understand why that was that was the direction they decided to go because they had um they had good faith, they had the backing of people, right? They that, had a that's lot just of it. momentum.
0: There was a period Dave and I talked about this recently, six ish, seven, four, four, five, six, seven years ago, where like a huge segment of the profession was on board with this. Liz, I remember you hashtagging everything.
3: Oh yeah. Um,
0: you know. Uh,
3: yeah, I was, and I, I, I was, know, but, and and you know when, and I and think s- we've talked about this before. Is when when this was presented, it seemed like the groundwork had been done
0: right and 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 then it's it's fallen (laughs) off the rails and now they can't get it back on and like that i think that's what's most disappointing is like it had like what felt like at least maybe it was you know false but like not only just momentum but backing and support and i feel like there was probably a time too where NAVTA's membership was growing and hopefully getting better, and they were st- going to maybe start to have that clout and all that. And it's just it, it's stalled, gone backwards now. It's, yeah. it's it's really stalled out, and yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah,
3: it is. It's it's really, and it's it's um, I really truly believe, and and you know, part that's part of the reason why Amy just hit so many things that that mm-hmm. I've been saying that I agree with, and um, and. You know that good intention, that momentum, could have taken us to yeah. fifty states with a scope of practice. Yeah, I mean, I think not really difficultly. We difficultly, not in a difficult way. <laughs> anyway, we had a, we had. I'm not editing a, that. We had a lo- law. <laughs> thank you. We had a <laughs> lobbyist. We had the, we had people behind them. We, the state associations were all in line behind mm-hmm. the ideas, um, but she, but it was a strategical error to yeah. to do the 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 title first, yeah. I, I believe. And I yeah. think you know, and I know that the VNI chose the states they did because they already had a scope of practice um, and they already had some degree of title protection. Um, so they felt like, well, those things check check. So let's do the title there and we'll just get that and we'll get more momentum and that'll be great. But because they hadn't done the groundwork that they needed to do to bring in um, most notably the ANA, to bring mm-hmm. them on board with the idea and get their backing and or at least if you weren't going to get their backing, at least to make sure they were going to not fight you actively um, before you started. Uh, and, and you know, NAFTA was told from the very beginning we're not gonna we're gonna fight you and they still went forward with it and that was just that was just a bad decision
1: yeah yeah and i i I kind of align with amy where i'm like i really don't care what what i'm called um because i mean i didn't choose veterinary technician that's just what it was when i when i passed the VTE, that's what it was uh i don't i don't know why they didn't just decide saying hey why don't we get everyone licensed Call everyone an LVT or call everyone an RVT. You would have changes across the country, but not in all 50 states. You'd have changes in, what, a third? Just a few. Well, two, yep. two, third, two thirds of the of the country would have yep. to change, which is not that big of a deal. Um, and it, it's But I just, think if they
3: had asked what, which of these priorities is the yeah. most important to you. Right. And then done it in that order.
1: Yeah, but. And I, I know
3: that people say, oh, it's so hard to open the Veterinary Practice Act. It's actually not that hard. It's not that hard. It does involve making making relationships with legislators, talking to legislators, um, and then, you know, working on legislation with them. But that's, it's not.
1: It's, it's not possible. It's not
3: hard. Yeah. Right. No. And in some yeah. places it's not hard. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Stephen's written legislation in California, not related to the, well, I mean, tangentially related to the Veterinary Practice Act. So, I mean, it's just.
0: Yeah.
3: It's, it's a law that, you know, Every everybody can watch Schoolhouse Rock and see how that works.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I think yeah. You, I think you are um, uh, seriously underestimating the age of most of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Wow. Ouch. Wow. We are all Liz. We are all there. You
3: can get Schoolhouse Rock on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and if y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Just look up. I'm just a bill. Just search just for it on bill. YouTube. You'll find it.
0: Nice, nice. All right. Well, I uh, we don't want to take any more of your time, but any final thoughts about anything tonight? I mean, we could talk about anything we didn't talk about (laughs) that you want to get across. Anything we missed?
2: Oh Lord, I think I'm good for tonight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's fair.
3: Oh, mark this day in your calendars—the day Mm -hmm. that Stephen said. I, I don't have more anything to more say. to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I mean, put me down too. I think this was great. This. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come on of and course. talk about it. And so much happened right before we came. I know, so, I, know, um, I, know. I know. Thank you again to Amy for her podcast. Yes. yes. If, if yes. you, if your listeners haven't heard it, I'm sure yes. you guys we'll, will we'll put a link in the show we'll share, notes. Yes. And we'll share it on our listen. page. Yeah. yeah it's so. 27 minutes, so it's, you know, half yeah. of this, this podcast. So For yeah. sure, for um, sure.
0: Definitely check it out. <laughs> caffeinators. thank you for joining us for another episode of the Vet Tech Tap Room. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. We wish happy you a holidays. happy new year and we happy will. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah, happy Hanukkah. <laughs> we will talk to you in 2023, which is crazy to say. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all right.